Welcome back to the final episode, week 10 of USFL Daily here at 4 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, joined as always, and one last time by good friend in life and CEO of RunTheSims.com, Justin Freeman. Justin, I was hoping we would get at least some consistency in the second to last week of the USFL season, but nonetheless, we had to navigate landmines in week nine yet again, so much so that quarterback play, I think, was the most shocking result of the entire weekend. Hopefully, it's at least a little more sticky for the season finale. I don't have high hopes for that, Dangle. I, I hope <laughs> you do. I'm glad to see you do. Um, but no, I think we've got a couple murky situations to try to uh, figure our way around. Like, this is week 10. Equate this to, like, the uh, week 18 of the NFL season, where you know, different teams have different levels of competitive aspirations here at this point. I don't think anyone is tanking for draft spots or anything like this, but I don't know if you saw the USFL's big announcement like a couple hours ago that they're actually going to repurpose this Michigan-Pittsburgh game, uh, which is a, a pair of one and eight teams playing against each other for theoretically last place and, and first slot to, to pick here in the upcoming year. Well, the, the commissioner or whatever comes out and says, well, Actually, we're going to take the winner of this game and give them the first round pick in every round of the upcoming draft. So winner of Panthers, Maulers will get first pick. So that way they uh, we won't see any uh, funny business or anything like that. No gamesmanship and trying to outright lose this game. Both teams should be ready to compete, go out. And I mean, like... <laughs> I would hate to think that in a developmental football league, anybody would really be trying to pull games like this in terms of like manipulating draft position or anything. But, you know, Jeff Fisher, Kirby Wilson, something could go wrong. I do got to say, well, yeah, they're they're both trying to lose by trying. Uh, But I I do got to say, I kind of like that. I did not see that announcement a couple hours ago. Uh, I kind of like it. That proves it's a developmental experimental league because they just come out and change rules on the fly like that. And now it's it's arguably, well, not even arguably, it is the most important game of this week. And it tees off on Sunday morning. So I think it actually is a, a pretty cool new idea they're trying here. Why not at this point, right? I mean, like, what do you have to lose? Like, it, so what if you're making the rule book up as you go along? Like, you might as well, right? I mean, there's... It's at least better than like sitting back and saying, well, we wrote the rule this way or we've got to execute it this way. I like using a little bit of common sense, I think does everyone some good. Nonetheless, all four playoff teams, not just the two teams competing for the first overall pick and being one and eight, all four playoff teams are locked up for Saturday, June 25th. And so Outside of those two one and eight games, we really don't know what's going to happen. But that's why we're going to get your take on injuries as we move along here. And as we do move along, remember, once USFL is over, we still have, we won't be here for the shows, but also we'll still be around. The run the Sims will be for playoff slates. It will just be a two-game showdown slate for the first round of playoffs, first and only round of the playoffs. So make sure you make sure you stay tuned to that. Also, the fact that F1 simulations are still going on and you will still be able to use the promo code 444 to get 10% off at run the sims during the rest of the f1 season so overall 
Everything is still happening at Run the Sims. That will still be going on despite this being the last regular season show of the USFL. And with that, we kick off with the Philadelphia Stars at New Jersey Generals Saturday morning. We will discuss these four games as if they are a four-game slate because that's the biggest one remaining on DraftKings. Also, what's notable about this game is that you were about to update us on injuries, but also we don't know the quarterback situation unless one of them already been ruled out, and I just happened to miss it. Since we now have uh, Costello and Case Cookus, who shared snaps last week, also New Jersey Generals, our worst nightmare came true, and that Dearness Johnson did return, but he played fewer snaps in a timeshare with Luis Perez, and we're not sure if that was because they were warming him up for this week, not only this week, but also the postseason, or if like that's what they intend to do moving forward. And so I'd love to get your thoughts on injuries for both these teams, as well as those two quarterback situations. Yeah, so uh, there is a world in which this would be a pretty exciting playoff preview game, but uh, that's not going to be the case with both teams already locked up here. But the Stars and Generals will play each other again next week in the first round of the playoffs. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Th there's only so many ways – that a team who even wants to would be able to rest starters. Like the rosters are just simply not um, deep enough to be able to do so. But here's what we do know. We have gotten inactives for both of these teams. Um, we do know that uh, for the Philadelphia side, we're getting some changes in the backfield. Uh, Paul Terry will be inactive and Darnell Holland will be active again for the first time in about half, half the season so far. Um, we haven't seen him in a, in a good while. So as we're looking for the, the inactives in this game for Philly, it's going to be obviously Brian Scott's not playing Paul Terry, Khalil Lewis. Uh, those are going to be your three inactives. And then on the New Jersey side, um, Kyle Laletta, Mason Sykes, Jamon Moore, Landon Lenore, um, inactive there for those guys. So, um, no real, um, surprises there for New Jersey. Um, but what we don't know is exactly what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I would anticipate that DeAndre Johnson is given as much rest as possible. He, he played a little bit last week, but even then he seemed to not be quite himself. And Perez is, Perez is dealing right now. He's playing fine. So um, if you're the generals, like maybe you actually just kind of stick with that recipe, ride with Perez for a little bit longer, uh, see how far he can carry you. For Philly at quarterback position, that's going to look a little bit different. Um, and I should note the snaps last week, 55% for DeAndre Johnson, 45% for Luis Perez. So maybe that's actually uh, a bit more leaning towards Johnson than I had originally uh, indicated. So um, what they may also do, however, is lean a little bit more on Trey Williams over Darius Victor in that backfield. Um, uh, but overall, like, I don't know that we can anticipate any of these teams doing that much differently for Philly though at the quarterback position I do think they'll rest case Cookus. like I, I think their playoff chances are donezo if Cookus goes down um so I think you'll see a lot of KJ Costello so a guy who I don't know very much about but uh if he gets to play uh 100 of snaps in this offense it's a fun offense to be a part of um he would be a, a very affordable guy that you could get in your lineup and mix and match players with him you know, Paul Terry being out, Darnell Holland being back up for the first time. I think that speaks a lot for um, Matt Colburn's role. Like, I mean, I think in theory, the longer Paul Terry stayed there, the more I was probably going to expect him to pick up more and more playing time. Darnell Holland in his first game back in a few weeks, it's, it'd be really hard for me to imagine him having any kind of significant role. That means Matt Colburn's going to be the guy. 
Um, so once again, fire up Matt Colbert. I think he's maybe one of the, the best plays of the slate. I agree. This will be the fourth week in a row that Matt Colburn will be, we assume, will be in every down workhorse. And so that's what I will be betting on again. I think he's yet again one of the only probably stone cold locks at running back now in week 10 of the USFL season. So I'll, I'll have lots of confidence in him as well. Uh, do you feel the same about Cabante Turpin who, you know, would not have gotten there last week with three catches of 28 yards. Hey, not returned a punt for a touchdown, but also he is out there playing that many snaps in a diversified role because he is that talented, uh, at least in the USFL. So, do you just go right back to him? Does uh, Darius Shepard, who had 11 targets for New Jersey, stand out to you? Uh, anyone in the passing game you're interested in? Yeah, the, the Turpin snaps are weird because they actually decline a little bit every week for the last three weeks. Went from 64 to 52 to 49% in these last three weeks. Um, but he's not required a ton of volume to get there because he has such a high targets per route run rate that he's a guy who can get there on limited snaps. Basically, if he's on the field, it's a design play for him. That's almost the way it seems. We're starting to see the, the two tight ends play a little bit more for New Jersey, but the, the starting two wide set for this team is Alonzo Moore and Darius Shepard. Those will be the two guys if you're looking to get away from Kevontae Turpin Chalk. Those will be the ways you could go, but I have no problem firing it up again with Turpin. I think he looks like another strong play. And if we are assuming... Cookus will get rested, and it's KJ Costello for the entire game. He will definitely be in your pool, you said, of quarterbacks? I think so, yeah. I think there's enough reason there. Now, I don't think we're going to have – I don't think we're going to have solidified information because we know Cookus will be active. That's confirmed at this point. What we don't know is whether he's going to play. So if we can get a tweet on game day that uh, it looks like KJ Costello is warming up with the starters, uh, I may hold my breath forever waiting for that tweet, but – um, if we could get it, I would feel really good about having a lot of exposure to him this week. Next game up on Saturday afternoon is the Birmingham Stallions and Tampa Bay Bandits. And what we saw last week was a return of the Jordan Tiamu rushing ceiling in particular. Did reach 288 yards with a rushing with a throwing touchdown. More importantly, nine carries yet again, which makes the third time in five games he's had at least nine carries. So give us your thoughts on injuries here for the Bandits and potential uh, options in their offense for DFS. Yeah, so we will not have John Franklin in this game for Tampa. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, and also the team has promoted third string running back Trey Minter to the active roster. Um, if you're talking about this is obviously a team that's not in the playoffs, um, maybe wanting to get some guys towards the bottom of their roster, some game film uh, out there. Maybe that'd be a reason why you could see some Trey Minter, but uh, probably a little thin for DFS purposes, but without John Franklin on the field, uh, it looks like probably Derek Dillon and Rashard Davis are your top two wide receivers here in that offense. Um, Tayama is interesting because he could get there in a variety of ways. He didn't play great last week, but he had 80 some odd yards rushing and that's kind of all you need. So, um, and especially like if the rest of the slate is not super predictable, it could be nice to have that. So like, I think at the quarterback position, we're really thinking about, who can we count on to get a full game's worth of snaps? Uh, and that may be a tough thing to peg down, but you feel pretty good about Tiamu being one of those guys, and maybe those are famous last words. With Rashad Davis likely coming in as the most popular one too, even though he was one of six players with at least four targets 
on Tampa Bay. I think that's a good fade. I don't I don't have a good guess right now. It's only Friday afternoon of how highly he's going to be rostered, if high at all. If he was low, sure, I don't mind that in my Tomlin stacks. Otherwise, I'm looking elsewhere for my stacks. And as you mentioned, it probably is uh, Derek Dillon instead, who will be significantly lower rostered because even though he had one just one fewer target, uh, three fewer catches and didn't score the touchdown, didn't go over 100 yards either, of course. On the other side of the ball, though, Furby has a terrific question. Uh, comment as well. Just thanks for all the informative shows you've given us, Justin. But more importantly, how worried are you about Alex Magoo potentially stealing work from Jamar Smith on Birmingham this week? I think Birmingham would be smart to get both guys some snaps this week. Um, with Magoo being declared active and Cozart brought down, um, probably they're saying Magoo's healthy enough to go out there and get some action. So I would... I would, if I were the coach, I would try to get Alex Magoo at least a quarter here in this game, a meaningless game. Um, you know, you, you maybe want to try to get your face back a little bit from last week after um, taking your first loss of the season. So maybe you don't want to let that sit for too long, but um, get a little bit of positive momentum. But I think Magoo has been quite a spark plug for this team in a number of ways uh, in the times that he's been out there uh, playing quarterback. Um, I like how mobile he is as a uh, – as a threat back there, and he's a lot of fun. So overall, I am worried enough about Alex McGoo that I am not going to have any of him or Jamar Smith more than likely in my player pool. And what we saw last week, unlike previous weeks, was that CJ Marble came back and Bo Scarborough outcarried him merely 11 to 9. Um, Marble actually caught three passes as well to Scarborough zero. So he actually outtouched Scarborough in the end. Do you think that 50 50 timeshare stays the same? Because previously, Scarborough was one of the only running backs we could count on um, for USFL DFS. But if this timeshare continues, obviously, we can't go back to him at all. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is that Marable is ramping up from his injury. He obviously was out in week six and is ramping up. But in that same breath, he's also their um, passing down specialist back when you compare him to Bo Scarborough. If, if Bo Scarborough is Derrick Henry, then C.J. Marable at worst is, you know, uh, Jeremy McNichols or whoever the next guy up is out of the backfield from, from the Titans. So, yeah, I think we can see in games where the Stallions trail more and more and more of Marable, and that's exactly what we got last week. So Scarborough, a guy who's going to feast in a, in a strong, positive game script, a guy who probably will lead the, the team in carries every week, um, and, and maybe again this week, but I'd be surprised if they rode him too hard here the week before the playoffs. Any, any receivers you would want to be high on? Uh, I know we always mention Victor Bolden on the show, but any receivers that stand out, even though, as you mentioned earlier, we can't play either quarterback with confidence for Birmingham because we're expecting both to get reps here. Yeah, I think, you know, you have a reason to play Sage Surratt with value savings there at the tight end position if you should need it, if you're going sort of stars and scrubs. Um, but other than that, you can look for different ways to get off of Victor Bolden. If you sort of think about if, if Birmingham's desire is to protect maybe their three best players, you, that would mean you see less Jamar Smith, less Bo Scarborough, and less Victor Bolden. And that leaves pretty much a full complement of snaps from Marlon Williams, uh, who I think could be a primary beneficiary. So I'd probably mix in a lot of Marlon Williams this week. 
Very cool. Moving on to Sunday morning game is the one and eight versus one and eight that you talked about between Kirby Wilson and the fighting Jeff Fishers. So any injury updates for us regarding Michigan Panthers and Pittsburgh Maulers? Yeah, we need some uh, overnight inactives here to firm things up, but we do know a couple guys who are on the injury report. On the Michigan side, Josh Love has been DNP every day this week, probably not going to play. So without Josh Love, it looks like it'll be Eric Barrier and uh, Paxton Lynch will be the two active quarterbacks there for that team. And it's, you know, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice as to who the guy could be. But Barrier was the guy who came in last week, looked fine. I thought he and Josh Love both looked good last week. Um, so I would anticipate if anybody's going to get the full complement of snaps, I think it's going to be Barrier. So um, I would probably build some lineups with him in it and just assume that he gets the full uh, treatment there. And obviously they're playing against a pretty a pretty not-so-tough team there in the Maulers. And so I like the matchup there for, for Michigan. And Michigan's looked okay offensively. Like, they'll get yardage. They get there one way or the other, it seems like, every game. Uh, looking at some of the other uh, injury news from that game, LaMichael Petway, the tight end, uh, he missed a practice earlier this week, was limited yesterday. Devin Ross listed as DMP back-to-back days at receiver. And Reggie Corbin, he's on the injury report, but has been full back-to-back days. So I would anticipate Reggie Corbin's back active. And if we could get a situation where either um, Stevie Scott or Cameron Scarlett is ruled inactive tomorrow or tonight, then we have wheels up on Corbin. We can probably rock and roll with that guy. Um, Hunter Thedford is the tight end for the Maulers. He's the only guy. Uh, skill positions listed as uh, questionable at the moment. He's DMP back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of interesting ways to play it on the Panthers' side, less interesting ways on the Mauler side. Um, just not a lot of viable options there for Pittsburgh. After Stevie Scott out-touched Cameron Scarlett 14-4 to last week as well, I would just make sure everyone's on top of the Reggie Corbin news in the USFL Discord because if we do get that news – Reggie Corman, like, pretty much won't be rostered anyhow. And so he's going to be a very viable, low-rostered option if one single scratch comes in among that Michigan backfield. Uh, do you have confidence as well, knowing, as you mentioned, that we're going to get either or or Eric Barrier or Paxton Lynch? Do you still have confidence in Joe Walker, who returned from suspension immediately with seven catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets, and really like a showing he's a ceiling, unlike Lance Lenore, who we basically just shouldn't trust ever at all? Uh, do you have confidence, even if it were a committee, in going back to Joe Walker? Um, I probably wouldn't um, if I think that the ownership is going to get there. But he does project out well. He's running a full complement of snaps, and there's not a ton of, ton of other places left to go here in this offense as you start to look around like this may be a team with only three receivers active on game day with Devin Ross kind of banged up and if that's the case that's good enough reason to go with Lenore Joe Walker or maybe even Ishmael Hyman the third guy who scored a touchdown last week and LaMichael Petway being banged up um, you know so two pretty prominent pieces of their offense currently banged up is sort of elevating the target share for everybody else in that offense and so yeah, I guess sort of maybe the more I talk about it, the more I think it's fine to go to Walker. But if everybody's on Walker, just give me Lenore. And I know he's maybe not as splashy of a guy, but he's going to get more targets more than likely next game. Anyone on Pittsburgh you're interested in? Because, you know, we discussed Roland Rivers as a run back against the Stars last week. And then after three pass attempts, three missed pass attempts, uh, Roland Rivers got injured, badly came in. Uh, and as the chat usually jumps in and typically jokes, 
His nickname is Badly, and that's what he was yet again with five and a half yards per attempt and two picks. And so, like, really, I'm, I don't want to be high. I'm, I don't want to use, essentially, anyone on this offense unless you tell me you have your eyes locked into somebody. Yeah, I was interested in Trey Walker last week as a guy who came in with limited snaps in week eight, but even he he and he bailed me out with a touchdown, but still only 39% of the snaps for Trey Walker. He and Bailey Gaither are just not a member of the offense anymore. It's kind of sad to see. So the the real sort of starting wide receiver set is Delvon Hardaway and Jalen McCluskey. Um, so and Isaiah Henney makes in there as well. So all three of those guys running ahead of Walker and Gaither. And uh, that that does sadden me a little bit. There's really nobody uh, to use here out of this offense. Maybe you just want to sprinkle in a little McCleskey or a little bit of Hardaway. But um, I think you're really just doing that for tournament purposes and not because they project out well. Moving on to the final game of the week between the New Orleans Breakers and Houston Gamblers. Let's start on the Gambler side. Any injury updates? And also, I want to start there just because we did have which is rare for the USFL, I guess, nowadays. One quarterback play in Kenji Bahar the entire time. Kenji Bahar, who, of course, uh, didn't do much as well, 160 yards, under seven yards per attempt, a touchdown. But also, at least we could previously depend on Mark Thompson getting carries, albeit not enough. What we saw was a shift in touches to Devall Whaley out carrying Mark Thompson 11 to 5. Uh, do you expect this to stick around and any interest in anyone in the Houston offense this week? Yeah, I do think that'll happen again this week. Um, Dalen Dawkins and Mark Thompson are both listed on the injury report. They've both been full in practice this week. Uh, but the fact that they are listed on the injury report, Dawkins with a leg, Thompson with a shoulder, is of concern. Um, the only other guy we're monitoring there is backup quarterback Terry Wilson, which just solidifies Kenji Bahar um, as the, the leader of this offense. On the New Orleans side, Kyle Slaughter, back-to-back DMPs this week, probably not going to play here uh, as they get ready for their playoff trip. So that means that uh, Zach Smith and Shea Patterson rears his head once again as possible options here for the Breakers. I imagine Zach Smith would be the guy they go to here. He's been their backup all year, but even he's on the injury report. Back-to-back full sessions with a shoulder, but I think he'll probably be the guy who gets all the work there. Um, other than that, Sean Poindexter is on the injury report again this week for the for the Breakers. That would open up a door theoretically for Taewon Taylor, but uh, we saw him be a late scratch for the Breakers um, ahead of their game last weekend. So, yeah, I think for the Gamblers, I am interested in going back to Devil O'Leary. Um, he's not been hyper efficient; doesn't look super explosive, but neither does like the entire offense. And so, um, if this is a game where they can catch New Orleans kind of sleeping, then Whaley could be a piece of how they get there. I think the Sean Boyndexter news and ensuing Taiwan Taylor news will be the biggest to watch, even more important than Reggie Corman of the week, because then especially after he was late scratched last week, no one's going to be on Tywan Taylor. And not only that, but he's also a good late swapping opportunity for us to stick in the flex and sit this one out until Sunday afternoon. So uh, that actually is like the most impactful situation to be on top of and this hope for the best, whether it is Zach Smith or Pac- or uh, uh, Shea Patterson. The issue, of course, is that you know, even if Zach Smith is scratched, we get news beforehand, and they only have Shea Patterson. You will get a quarterback, but also we remember how bad Shea Patterson was. You can't play him. Um, he's that poor. 
but I'm willing to take a chance, even though Lance Lenore also could never get there with him. I'm willing to take a chance, at least on Taiwan Taylor, at he will be 3 to 5% rostered from Shea Patterson if Sean Poindexter is scratched. So I'll still stay on top of that. And, you know, if for whatever reason we get news, I doubt we will, but if we get any news that Zach Smith is the starter, that's a quarterback given his rushing upside that I am willing to actually take a chance on. Yeah, and like last week the guy was Joe Walker, and you're trying to think, like, who could be this week's Joe Walker, the guy who just comes out of nowhere, nine catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns, wins you the week. Um, and and Taewon Taylor could be that guy. They're, they're, I, I think back on process for Joe Walker, because I was certainly not on him, and I just don't know how anybody could have gotten to Joe Walker. Like, I mean, maybe other than salary savings and you just needed a, a couple dart throws, but – um, obviously, all the high-priced guys were running backs, and, and that didn't work out last week either. But, yeah, if you're looking for guys who could just sort of pop off and are not drawing completely dead to, to pull with Joe Walker this week, I think Taewon Taylor could be one of those guys if he's active. And you think, looking back, a big-picture view of everything here, you believe you will be highest on whomever the Stars quarterback is. You believe that's who you'll be overweight on. Yeah, as you look, let's just kind of do a quick rundown. Philly, yeah. you've got a major quarterback question mark, uh, but I do think Costello is the play there. For New Jersey, it's still too cloudy to play either guy, in my opinion. For Birmingham, I want no parts of that. I think they'll go platoon there. For Tampa, Tiamu looks like a strong play this week against a team that could be coasting. Um, Michigan, Barrier is looking like a strong play. Pittsburgh, uh, I probably just am not going to be playing any Pittsburgh quarterbacks at this point. Um New Orleans, maybe it's a little too dicey between Zach Smith and Shea Patterson. And even if Zach Smith gets the start, uh, I guess maybe I could get there eventually. But Kenji Bahar for Houston actually does look like a good play. He's probably not very good at playing the quarterback position, but uh, he's got some rushing upside there. He's basically Tiamu, you know, like uh, doesn't look fantastic on film, like doesn't pop, probably not going to throw for a billion yards, but. You know, if he gets you 70 yards on the ground and a score, you know, one rushing and one passing touchdown, that's good enough to get you through. And with that, Justin, the USFL regular season comes to a close. And as I mentioned earlier, that brings us to a close here for the first season of USFL Daily. Any parting words before we get the hell out of here? Yeah, I know it's been a, a season full of ups and downs. I hope everybody's had a, a little bit of fun playing USFL. It is football in the spring after all, and that's what we signed up for. And uh, it, it, to me, it is a lot of fun. And I am kind of looking forward to the next chapter of the summer, you know, closing the book here on USFL here soon and focusing more towards NFL. And I think we've got a lot of fun stuff on the horizon there for NFL. Looking forward to continuing to work with you guys four for four to um, you know, try to come up with some cool new ways how we can uh, partner together in the future. So uh, hope everybody keeps an eye on what we're doing uh, for football too as well. And uh, I've had a lot of fun. Appreciate it, Dave. There are always showdown slates we can yeah, baby. drag Luis into and maybe have talks again later on. But for now, <laughs> as much fun as I've had, because you and I have never worked like this together. So it's been a lot of fun. I do appreciate you sitting down with me every week. I appreciate Furby, Tube Socks, everyone else who is tuned in constantly. I appreciate everyone, uh, including Megan Shoop, like in the Run the Sims Discord, who's been using the projections. I appreciate our producer, Sal, who's been here every week as well. Having said all that, having been honored to sit down with all of you every Friday afternoon, I'm not going to lie, I'm happy to get those 
Friday afternoons back for at least a month. So uh, I will be enjoying myself at breweries from now on, maybe on the golf course for the next month of Friday afternoons until NFL training camp start. And then my personal life is over yet again. So thanks to everyone for joining this season. Again, I would expect Justin back sometime in the NFL season. I'm sure we can work something out. So until then, good luck this season. Good luck in the playoffs. And we will all talk again very soon.